G'day and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit anglicandolby.org.au. The sermon you're about to listen to is a sermon delivered on Boxing Day and it looks at Luke chapter 2, 41 to 52 and Jesus getting left behind in the temple. We hope you enjoy the sermon. The Lord be with you. And also with you. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke, beginning at the 41st verse. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they travelled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem for, to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. Then he went down, but his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and man. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Well, friends, um, it is good to be here worshipping the Lord together. And I really love that informative video um, about the roots of Boxing Day. And our earliest records of Boxing Day actually go back to the 19th century. But even further than that, Christians would celebrate St. Stephen's Day on the day after Christmas Day. And that was a day to remember St. Stephen, who was the first martyr. And they would often have alms boxes at the back of the church where people would give alms to the poor. And so they think that perhaps maybe that's where the name Boxing Day came from. It was also a time, as the video said, to give presents to servants, delivery people, and butlers. Um, so when the delivery guy from Amazon comes around to your uh, house, you might want to jump out of the house and say, I just want to give you a little bit of Christmas turkey or Christmas ham or a present. But Boxing Day is a really good time to remember people who serve and people who don't often get acknowledged. People like Stephen and people like those in our service industries. And so it's beautiful that today, the reading set for today, is all about Jesus in the temple. We don't hear very much about Jesus' infancy. We don't hear about what happened while he grew up. In fact, in Mark's gospel, Jesus just comes on the scene and gets baptized and then goes straight into his ministry. And we spent last year, well, oh, sorry, this year, 2021, um, focusing 
on Mark's gospel. But in Luke's account, we do get a few snippets of Jesus' infancy. We get this beautiful story of Jesus' birth, and that's why a lot of our Christmas services riff off Matthew and Luke, because those are the two Gospels that have accounts of Jesus' birth. And in Luke's Gospel, Jesus is born, and then he's taken to the temple where he's presented. And Mary and Joseph, they offer up um, some doves as a sacrifice to God, a sacrifice of thanksgiving that Mary had survived through her pregnancy, that Jesus had been born alive because that was um, something that was, infant mortality was quite low at that time, high. And um, Mary and Joseph come across Anna and Simeon, these two people who've spent a lot of their lives in the temple. And Anna and Simeon are so excited because they see Jesus. And by the Holy Spirit, through the revelation of God, they realize that he is someone special. He is the Savior. And there's this beautiful little detail in Luke chapter 1, verse 80, um, where, where we hear of John the Baptist um, growing. And the child grew and became strong in spirit and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. And then also, as Jesus is presented in the temple, we get again in Luke chapter 2 verse 40, and this time it's talking about Jesus, and the child grew and became strong and was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. So what do we learn from Jesus? this account of Jesus in the temple. Well, again, Jesus is not presented just as he's born and then never goes back to the temple again. What we find out about Mary and Joseph is that they are very pious people. They are holy people. Pious, not in a bad sense, but, they are, but in a positive sense. They are righteous Jews. Every single year at Passover time, at that time when they remember the great liberation of God in taking the Hebrew slaves out of Egypt by the blood of a lamb, they go up to the temple and offer sacrifices. Now they would have come from Nazareth and what would often happen around Passover time is pilgrims would journey towards Jerusalem and they would journey in a caravan and this would be um, a group of maybe even up to 100 people. Um, and they would, they would slowly accrue from, from Nazareth. And as they got closer and closer to Bethlehem, people from the surrounding towns would join them, often relatives and friends. And these are mothers with babies. They, um, they're, they're groups of little toddlers. They're teenagers. Um, they're young adolescent people. They would travel together for safety because there were bandits along the road. But they would also travel together so that they could sing songs of praise to God as they saw Jerusalem approaching and as they began to see the temple. And so Mary and Joseph go and they celebrate the Passover, which would have been a huge festival, much bigger than Christmas in Dolby, actually. There would have been 
feasting and there would have been singing and there would have been time in the temple, time of prayer and there would have been opportunities to sit down with groups of men and women and, and discuss that day when God liberated the people. It's funny that in, in our culture we celebrate Christmas as a day but of course for many, many generations, Christmas was 12 days because it was so packed with meaning and so full of importance. A little uh, detail that I found out when I was researching Boxing Day is that uh, traditionally, if Boxing Day fell on a Sunday, if the 26th was a Sunday, that it would be celebrated as St. Stephen's Day and a normal church day, and then Boxing Day would be celebrated on the 27th, on the Monday. And so what we see here is that Mary and Joseph are good parents, and they are righteous and holy people. Now you might think that them going home and forgetting about Jesus and losing him uh, is a sign of bad parenting. But again, remember, the caravan would have been 80 to 100 people strong. And perhaps they, perhaps they started and they left Jerusalem with Jesus or thought, thinking that Jesus was around and thinking that he was with their relatives or with their friends. Because when they discover that Jesus is not with them, that's where they look first. You can imagine, um, perhaps if you had Christmas lunch yesterday, uh, the teenagers go off with the teenagers and the toddlers go off with the toddlers. Um, yesterday at Christmas lunch with my family, uh, my sister has a, um, a, a child who's almost two and so him and Jude played together and then she's got a child who's almost five and so him, he is five. Sorry. <laughs> Micah reminded me. His birthday is actually on the same day as my, my birthday. Um, so, yeah, so the two five-year-olds play together. And, and perhaps that's what's happening with, with Mary and Joseph. And they, they search around in the caravan, and then they realize that he's not there, and so they return to Jerusalem. And it's also very, very significant that they search for Jesus, and when do they find him? On the third day. At the end of the Gospel of Luke, Jesus will be rediscovered. He will be found again by his mother Mary on the third day. This is almost a resurrection before the resurrection. Mary and Joseph may have thought that Jesus had been kidnapped or killed or sold into slavery. And when they get him back, it's interesting, we hear Mary speak. We don't hear Mary speak very often in the Bible, but she actually rebukes him. She, she rebukes Jesus. <laughs> she, she says, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Again, Mary and Joseph are good parents. They love the Lord and they love their son, Jesus. But they are ready to discipline him. In fact, they love him so much that they are ready to discipline him. 
And, and Mary just lays it out there. She says, why have you treated us like this? Why have you done this? And again, in Luke's account, it's important to note that Jesus honors his father and mother. The Bible tells us that Jesus was tempted in every way we are, yet did not sin. And so Jesus is not dishonoring his parents. And it sounds like a really arrogant and cocky response. He says, why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? In apocryphal um, gospels, there's the gospel of Thomas and there's the gospel of Mary. Um, particularly in the gospel of Thomas, uh, there's accounts of Jesus' infancy. Um, and uh, there's one situation where Joseph doesn't have a plank that's long enough. And so Jesus miraculously makes the plank longer. Um, um, there's also uh, some instances where Jesus is quite cheeky and quite naughty. But in Luke's gospel, we realize that the true Jesus, the real Jesus, because Luke actually did the work rather than just making up a story about Jesus. In Luke, we realize that Jesus honors his mother and father. And yet, he realizes something about himself. He says, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Now, not even Solomon not even um, the great kings of Israel, not even John the Baptist talked about the temple as their father's house. This is something very significant that Jesus has realized about himself. He knows that Joseph is his good and loving and faithful adoptive father. But he acknowledges that he is the son and God is his father and he had to be in his father's house. He's not cockily arguing with his parents. Instead, sometimes, sometimes you know, there's, in their innocence, children just go, well, I had to eat that cookie or I had to play with that toy. It just seems so natural for them in their mindsets. And this is what Jesus is saying. I had to be in my father's house. And Luke gives us this little detail. They did not understand what he was saying to them. Luke knows and we know that Jesus is the divine son of God. And Mary and Joseph are still grasping this. And again, we get that little detail that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with man. And in verse 31, we hear of Mary, but his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. Mary has such a good and gracious heart. And Jesus has just revealed something about himself to her and she treasures it up. Of course, Mary knows that Jesus has come to be the Savior. The angels have revealed that to her. But she's learning more about what type of Savior Jesus will be. As Jesus learns more about himself. 
And so, friends, what are we meant to do with this passage? Where to from here? As we drift into 2022 and start to think about the future and about the year ahead, I want to encourage you with those three references in Luke about growing. We hear about John growing strong in spirit. And twice, Luke telling us that Jesus grew and became strong and he was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. Luke is not repeating himself because he's forgetful or because he's trying to fill space. Luke is trying to tell us something about God and about ourselves. And I think a character outside of the scriptures that really illustrates this for me is Reaper Cheap. Does anyone know who Reaper Cheap is? Yep, Fiona? That's right. And the Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Yeah. That's right. Reaper Cheap is this feisty little mouse. He's a warrior. And he is so driven. He's a great fighter and he's incredibly brave. And he has this song, this beautiful song, where sky and water meet, where waves grow sweet. Doubt not, Reaper Cheap, to find all you seek. There is the utter east. Reaper Cheap is on this journey to Aslan's country, come what may. He will stay faithful to his earthly king, but ultimately Aslan, the God character, is his king. And he will not rest. He will not give up hope. He will not put down his tools of his trade until he has reached Aslan's country and finds him. And he goes on this, on this incredible journey. And at the end of the Voyage of the Dawn Treader, um, the children um, have, have, have met Aslan and they're going back to their country and they've done everything that they needed to do in Narnia. But they're on, the, they're on the verge of Aslan's country. And Aslan basically says, well, if you come into my country, you can't go back into your own country. You're dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can come into my presence. You can come into heaven. Um, but I've still got work for you to do. Um, and they, they, they come to the end of the, the, the opportunity where they, can, where they can sail no more. And Reaper Cheap decides to go on. He is determined to go on to Aslan's country. And, and, and the group is split. Prince Caspian, he needs to stay and he needs to go back to his kingdom. The children need to go back to, to their world. Um, and and they're, they're about to go their ways. And Reaper Cheap says this beautiful line. He says, my own plans are made. While I can, I sail east in the dawn treader. When she fails me, I paddle east in my coracle. When she sinks, I shall swim east with my full paws. And when I can swim no longer, 
if I have not reached Aslan's country or shot over the edge of the world into some vast cataract, I shall sink with my nose to the sunrise. Friends, as we celebrate Boxing Day here in church, and as we read this beautiful account of Jesus in the temple, let's recognize that as God's people, being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus, is not about what you know. So many religions are about what you know, how much knowledge you have, and you raise yourself up. So many earthly philosophies are about what you have, status and privilege and money and power. So many ways that we live our lives are about how much pleasure we can have, how much food we can shove through our colons, how much TV we can watch, how much time we can spend at, at work or in, in our hobbies, pleasing ourselves. We are not ultimately machines there to work or experience pleasure. We are human beings created in the image of God. And I think so often in our world today, we try to get education, we try to get experience, we try to get all these sorts of things, and we forget about our spirits. We shove the spiritual aspect of ourselves to the side. And I know I'm preaching to the choir. I know I'm preaching to people who are in church on Boxing Day. But it's so sad that in our world, we cut off an aspect of our humanity about who we are as people by denying that we need to grow spiritually. It is so good to be here with you in church, growing, being like Reaper Sheep, trying to know God more and more. Again, Christianity is not about what you know. It's about who you know. And today we've come together to know Jesus more. It's been said that there are five things that we all want to hear or say before we pass from this world into the next. And they're actually things that we're going we're gonna to do today. The first one is forgive me. The second one is I forgive you. The third one is thank you. The fourth one is I love you. And the fifth one is goodbye. So friends, as long as there's breath in our lungs and beat in our hearts, let's keep coming to God and growing in wisdom and in stature and in favor with people, but more importantly, in favor with God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.